Welcome to the Lost at Home podcast. Here are your hosts, Scott Bear and Jeremiah Johnson. Welcome to this week's show. My name is Scott. I'm Jeremiah. And we are back with a very special episode this week. Oh, yeah. We have the great Ted Raimi on this week. Uh, a few of you might know him from Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. Uh, this week's episode of Ash versus Evil Dead, where mm-hmm. he plays Chet, Ash's brother from high school. And uh, heck, you can go back to like Sequest, Xena. Uh, Xena, uh, he even played Heavy Metal Youth uh, in two episodes of Twin Peaks. That's yes, what he, he was, did, uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, I, I only mentioned that because I mean, he plays uh, he plays in a lot of things, but um, obviously, you know, just being uh, billed as Heavy Metal Youth normally wouldn't be enough to, to note, but the fact that it was Twin Motherfucking Peaks yeah. is just huge in my book, so... Now, uh, before we get into the interview, we have a small bit of housekeeping to take care of. Uh, we have two sponsors, Horror Decor, which you'll hear an ad for a little bit later in the show, so I won't waste your time now, and The Man Box. The Man Box is a subscription box service, a lot like a lot of the others you've heard about, except this one doesn't include the standard Funko Pop t-shirt action figure crap off the shelves that you can go to Walmart and buy. This includes exclusive items, including autographed pictures, print. Hollywood replicas, signed Hollywood replicas, and honestly, sometimes surprises. Like one month there was an animation cell series. Uh, It depended on which box you got, but some of them had actual animation hand-drawn cells from uh, Star Wars and... Well, Star Wars droids, Star Wars Ewoks, and I believe She-Ra, He-Man, and a few other shows from the 80s. Um, I believe this month's box, which just ended... Uh, even had an upgrade, which was uh, for a few bucks more, you were guaranteed a few extra items. And because it's Halloween, you could have gotten a autographed uh, Mike Myers hockey mask, autographed by the first person mm, to play Jason, Jason. Jason Voorhees, yep. And a print autographed by Jason, the first actor to play Jason. Uh, a pin of Jason, which they didn't go into describing, but I'm sure that's one of the surprises you get. And a few more items. So uh, some of these boxes just are upgradable. So if you want the normal cool stuff and are willing to pay like 10 bucks more, you know, you get an extra bunch of stuff. And this is the kind of stuff that when you put it on your shelf, your friends are going to come to your house and be like, how the hell did you get that? Like, like blue Jason? Yeah. I mean, that's how most people yeah, get their yeah, swag. That's, that's they they get, blow yeah, they, Jason. They have to suck Jason's dick a little bit. Yeah, just blow, take my machete deep. But if you uh, if you want to get a discount on that, you can use offer code LAH10, and that gets you 10% off, uh, especially if you go through our link on thelostnomepodcast.com. That is our website. You will see a bandbox link in the middle of the page. Click on it and use that code. You get ten percent off, and you kelp. You you kelp. You yeah. just become kelp. Yeah, you just become kelp. I'm just gonna roll with that little kelp, uh, I like thumb the fact, there. I we like, can I, edit. I, but I like why? turning. I like turning uh, the word kelp into a verb. Like I kelp that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. kelped it so good. Man, I kelped that motherfucker. Yep. kelped him right in the ass. You kelp the show, and that help that kelps the lights on, <laughs> and that, that that kelps that, the kelp kelp and kelpy kelp kelp kelp. kelp. But Snarf. Uh, I think without further ado, we should get into our interview. Uh, We're about to speak to Ted Raimi, and as you heard before, Evil Dead, uh, Xena, Sequest, Drag Me to Hell. I mean, this guy has been in everything that we like. So if you like him and you like us, you're going to love this. Welcome to the show, Ted. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, we're both definitely huge fans of your uh, career. We're uh, Evil Dead fans, and as a lot of our listeners know, uh, you're going to be on Ash versus Evil Dead uh, this season. 
Yes, I am. It's uh, it's crazy. It's uh, full circle for me. You know, I started, it was one of the first parts I ever had when I was a kid getting started in this business 30 years ago. And now uh, after, you know, a 30-year a career um, spanning whatever that is, four or five presidents, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I've come back now full circle to... Uh, to the show and um, it's fantastic and and uh, made all the better by the fact that um, it's not just some watered-down version of what I did 30 years ago but it's full in your face evil dead um, so it's it's fantastic actually I will, I will even go as far as to say it is more in your face now because what we did as an R rating in the theaters back in the 80s you couldn't do on television in those days, but you can do twice as much on television now. That's right. That's yeah. true. We just uh, we just caught up with the show. Uh, episode two aired last week, and uh, that whole scene with Ash stuck in the torso with the uh, penis hanging in front of his face was hilarious. Yep, <laughs> and that it is, is hilarious. And um, it, you know, I, I think in that, you know. That speaks volumes <laughs> to uh, to this show and the and the integrity you know of of the, of the show um, and how 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 much this show has no boundaries as far as that stuff is concerned. Oh, absolutely! It really it really goes it really goes full bore. And also, it's it's a testament too to to where we are as viewers and what we need to see to get our attention. You know, I think it I think it it does speak to that as well. And I'm. I'm so grateful to be, uh, you know, involved in this all over again. You know, I really am. Well, I think about that too when uh, watching some of the old movies and stuff. And when you show some of the old movies to, you know, kids, and and they expect to, you know, they say like, oh, that movie sucked because it didn't have this kind of gore, or this kind of stuff in your face things. And it, uh, for instance, uh, I think I was just watching A Legend of Hell House just last night, and that actually had a PG rating, but you know, scared the crap out of me. I know when I saw it, but I'm pretty sure if you saw something like that today or showed it to kids today, they kind of have a different expectation especially with the uh internet generation everything is kind of in your face uh but it is good to see i mean i know evil dead kind of uh definitely kind of split open that barrier anyway early on with uh you know being quite the uh quite the in your face slasher right off the bat um to see it actually evolve over time was extremely exciting for me and and scott yeah me too and 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 you know ash follows a um you know, Ash follows a long line of, I would say, com it's a combination show originally between um, a sort of a classic George Romero um, style of of filmmaking where you, you know, um, I would say, oh my gosh, um, maybe uh, like Richard Matheson, I guess, is the guy who is the great, great grandfather of all of this. The guy who wrote I Am Legend, the novel, the novel I Am Legend, which... Romero was influenced by, you got a guy in a cabin, you know, battling these monsters, and a, a whole bunch of filmmakers, including my brother Sam, was inspired by that to make his, his version of it, Evil Dead, which he did a wonderful, wonderful job at, and now this genre, I mean, he added comedy to it, which no one had, I think, had really yet done. And so here we are now in an extreme version of, of this guy, played by Bruce Campbell, who's amazing at this, you know, it's just nobody's like Bruce, towing the line between comedy and extreme horror. And um, it's a crazy, crazy ride, like, like nothing I've, I've ever seen or, or been on. And so uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 an, it's a nut show in a, in a great way, you oh. know, with, yeah, you know, with someone going right up another dude's 
corpse's butt with a <laughs> with a penis hanging right in his face. So yeah, all that happened. So. Yeah, um, this season and last have definitely not disappointed. We had Ray Santiago on the show a few weeks ago, and he gave us a few spoiler teasery bits for the season that we, we as it, we've been watching. We were starting to like realize what he was talking about, like Ashy Slashy, Ashy Slashy yep. and a couple of little bits, and we're amazed at just how well it's falling together. The pieces are like so well orchestrated, so well carried out, and so well acted that we're beside ourselves that we live in a generation where we're not just getting an Evil Dead film that's an hour and a half in the theater this year. We're getting 10 episodes every year, which is way more content. It is way more content, and, and you know, by, by its nature, it requires dialogue and storyline. I don't think it's even possible for any TV budget uh, to have that much action. Action costs a lot of money. You know, every, every few seconds of action you see is there's, there's dozens of people behind the scenes working on practical and digital effects for it, and um, the time involved in it and is, is, is crazy. So by its nature, you have to have dialogue. But the writers um, uh, on season two have really managed to give Ash some great, awesome things to do, and especially to say. You know, Ash does talk a lot, which he never really did in the original movies. That's true, yeah. Usually he was known for his one-liners, then a lot of action. And uh, in this, yeah, he's had yeah. great dialogue. Like, the first time he meets Lee Majors, his uh, father in season two, uh, their little back and forth that harkens back to the $6 million man was amazing. Yes, it was. That The... Uh, the homage was great. The better, stronger, faster line was really, really funny. And um, uh, and yeah, we you know look, we we know our audience, and we know that um, uh, somebody as incredibly venerated and talented as Lee uh, would is definitely gonna gonna have a shining moment. But but also just that Lee is just ha- perfect for that part, even if he wasn't a famous guy. He's just great, you know. He's he's just a great actor. So it was it was a pleasure to work with with a guy like that. But but um, Ash, yeah, Ash actually speaks in this show, and uh, the writers gave him a a great voice. He is a he's one of the great uh, great idiots of all time. <laughs> and I'm curious actually to see how that plays into future episodes once we introduce your new character Chet, because uh, I-, I could only imagine. And this show is going to uh, actually air the same week as your first episode on the show. Uh, exactly what kind of banter you're going to have with Bruce. Oh, yes. So is, well, the question is, will this show air after uh, it airs? It will, will We're recording this a few days before, but it'll air a few days after. Right. Then I can tell you, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Chet Chet is Ash's uh, oldest best friend uh, from this small town that they're both from called Elk Grove, Michigan, which we've now seen that Ash, you know, has come back to because Evil brought him there. And um, Chet is really the only guy in that dumpy little town that believes that Ash is innocent. And, he, and even if he doesn't entirely believe it, he doesn't care because he's such a loyal friend to him. So Ash likes to hang out with him for that reason. Plus, Chet is the only guy in town who likes to party even harder than Ash does. And he spends most of his time making ketamine drinks, you know, uh, <laughs> for buddies. And, um, you know, he's, he's the special K-man in town. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he's a guy that he's got, you know, um, he's got uh, frosted tip hair, you know, like, you know, he's, his glory days were probably 1993, and then I think it all went downhill for him. <laughs> so uh, that's sort of what, what, his, what his vibe is. But, yeah, Chet... Chet, uh, Chet begins the quest with, with the other, you know, 
four and now I guess five team members of uh, of that group. So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. Along with Ruby and and um, um, Pablo, Kelly, and Ash, you know, he's he's sort of taken along for an unintentional ride with with those crazy people. And you'll see in future episodes that he has uh, he does uh, there is a big surprise for Chet. I I can't tell you what it is, but um, Chet uh, Chet reaches. Um, well, I'll just say that he's pivotal. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's also another surprise. I can also tell you that there's one other really, really big Easter egg um, later in the season. Um, and uh, so just watch out for that. It starts, I think, in episode maybe eight or nine. But uh, you'll have to kind of watch out for that. I can't tell you what it is. All right. Oop, sounds good. We won't pry. <laughs> On the edge of our seats, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they won't let me. You know, if you if I do tell you, uh, I'll tell you what happens. Um, I'd love to tell you guys, but... Um, and, give you guys an exclusive but the truth of the matter is if i did these two giant thugs would pull up <laughs> in a big black suv uh and they would say stars death squad on the side of it and these two goons would get out they'd take me and you'd never see me again that's all there is to okay, it but i will give one. you everything in my house you can have everything there because <laughs> I, I won't need it anymore because i'll be dead well okay we, we got that on on record here uh well <laughs> there might be another thing that you can't talk about but uh and maybe this is just a rumor because i've there has been a rumor floating around that you might play more than one role this season um is that something you could talk about or is that just uh purely a rumor or is that something we're also gonna have to be surprised with well I'll, well i'll tell you this I, I can tell you this uh, chet is character number six that I have played in the Ash Evil Dead universe. Uh, I've played, uh, look, I'm a character actor. It's what I do. It's not something, you know, that they, I, I sort of got thrown at. I've done it my whole career. And so I've, this is number six. I've, I've done, uh, of course, there's, in Evil Dead 2, I play Henrietta in Army of Darkness. I'm one, two, three, four other characters, totaling five characters. And now uh, in this, I'm Chet. And so is it possible that I play another character still making number seven. I won't say it isn't possible, but I won't confirm that either. Okay. You'll just have to uh, you'll just have to uh, go by the law of averages and make up your own mind. But um, <laughs> I can't tell you that. <laughs> okay. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> now speaking back to like the Evil Dead series, and uh, for a lot of your yeah. fans, they know you were on Xena Warrior Princess for years. Um, yeah, that's right. These seasons of Evil Dead uh, basically feel like a reunion for you. That's how I see it, at least. Like, you're back to work with Bruce Campbell and Lucy Lawless. Like, how does it feel to be back on set with both of them after all these years? Oh, it's fantastic to be with those guys. They're, you know, they're, they're energy powerhouses, you know. Um, you, can't, you can't lose your enthusiasm or drive around either one of them. You may come to set tired, you know, needing three cups of coffee and, you know, six donuts, but it doesn't really matter because those guys are so energetic and so enthusiastic when you get there that you don't need them. Um, so for that reason, it's great. It's, it, uh, um, I know it's nice to work with them again because it's like being in a theater repertory company or something, just doing a different play. But for those who listening who think that it's, and I know a lot of fans are so excited to see us all together again, you know, as, say, our old characters, Autolycus, Xena, and Joxer, that mm. will not happen here. I guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, not the case in Ash versus Evil Dead. Um, I'll tell you, uh, if that was, you know, then Xena really uh, never um, had uh, the mouth that she had on the show, I would say. <laughs> um, so things are quite different between these these uh, three new characters, but it's still wonderful. And then, of course, we're we're joined by two other amazing actors, which are uh, Ray Santiago and uh, Dana DiLorenzo. You know, and um, especially and, and Dana's doubly amazing because Dana is 
in my opinion, the greatest slinger of four-letter words um, that I've ever <laughs> seen on television. She's like, you know what she's like? She's like the white Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. White female Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, she really can sell, you know, all those dirty words like nobody can. I mean, actors try, but, um, but she really succeeds. And so uh, it's, it's hilarious to watch. I think, you know, usually you don't wait for an actor to swear. Usually a cringe because they do such a... It's such it's a cringeworthy thing, you know, for all of us to do, but she seems to take to it well. So it's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I, uh, staying on the past here, um, you know, in the original Evil Dead movies, we've read that your brother Sam actually liked to quote unquote torment you on set. Um, just curious, uh, what exactly went into Sam's uh, brother-like tormenting of you? Well, I, you know, it, it, there, the, people talk about that a lot. The truth is he never really tormented me. There, he's, um, he's a very, the truth of the matter is he's, uh, uh, he's a very caring director. And um, um, when they say torment, they, it's really no different than what any older brother does to their little brother. That's what I was, got, I was wondering. Um, I'm, so I'm an it, older brother myself, so I'm just like, oh, he just did brother stuff and it probably didn't mean anything to you. So. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, just, there's teasing and stuff. Um, um, you know, I don't. I wouldn't call it torture. I mean, he Sam does like to um, razz his actors to a good-natured degree. You know, to uh, get a good performance out of them, and uh, he manages to. And uh, I think I think one of the things that my brother is 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 not lauded for nearly enough is. Uh, I mean, they call him. You know, he's the the visual director and. Uh, you know, he took sort of this Japanese, Chinese style of kung fu snap zooms to a new level and, and put them into horror movies, which no one had done yet. And um, so he, he, he really did some great things. But what, what, he, what he, people seldom talk about, which I think is wonderful, he's great with actors. You know, he's great with moment-to-moment work. Um, and uh, that comes through in, um, in uh, certainly the Evil Dead movies, but especially his, his uh, dramatic works like, um, you know, um, For Love of the Game and... Um, the gift and movies like that, and and uh, he's great at it. So, in answer to your question, it, I really wasn't tormented. It's, but it's just it's just brotherly torment, you know. I mean, uh, you know, he's not he's not. Well, I'm, well, I turn around, he doesn't dump, you know, he doesn't unscrew the pepper jar, so I'll just break my lunch. <laughs> you know, that doesn't happen. But um, but it, but stuff like that, just not on set, you know. Okay, yeah. I guess uh, I mean moving away from what would be a, a negative set of memories, almost. Um, can you tell us, like, do you have any like favorite memories of working on the Evil Dead series, uh, both TV show and movies? Oh well, you know they. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, Evil Dead Two was. I'll never forget working on Evil Dead Two, because first of all, it's where I got my Screen Actors Guild card, and now. Today, um, you can get a Screen Actors Guild card by showing up three times and saying, actually, you don't even have to say a line. You just have to show up on set three times as an extra, and you're automatically a Screen Actors Guild member. That's true. Um, But when I started, you had to have dialogue in a movie, in a feature film or television show. And I thought, wow, okay, this will be an easy way to get my SAG card. They just want me to put on some costume for a while. (laughs) and be a monster. I said, this is going to be a breeze, man. I'm going to be sad. This is going to be great. And it was, without a doubt, the hardest thing I ever did in my life. It nearly, I was 20, and it nearly killed me. Um, it was like the Rommel campaign, and I was Erwin <laughs> Rommel, you know, being pounded every day by the British in the desert. That's what it felt like. And it, it, we shot it in North Carolina, in this very small town of, in North Carolina, and um, 
in this abandoned high school in the middle of summer, and that high school had no air conditioning, and I was in a uh, rubber latex suit. Uh, in the high school gym, it was almost 90 degrees, but in the suit, it was about 110. So I had an oxygenator. I breathed into an oxygen mask when I wasn't shooting. Um, they had to open up the costume several times to keep me from passing out. I was hanging up from wires. I was completely blind most of the time because the lenses they put in, you know, to make my eyes look possessed, were, were, uh, were, were as, you know, essentially they cut off all your vision, you know. So it was one of the hardest things I ever did, but um, it was great to be a part of that, and it was great to um, work and finally, you know, get to, get to hang out and work really hard with, uh, with Bruce whom I had not really worked that hard with on a movie before. You know, we had done a couple little projects at that point, but uh, nothing so elaborate and crazy like, like that was. Um, so it was, it was a blast. And since then, Bruce and I have done, I don't know, maybe five or six feature films together and um, probably like, uh, now I'm totaling these episodes, something like 70 hours of television. So we're, we are old hands at it, but that was the first time I'd worked with them. So I had good memories of that, really good. Oh, that's awesome. That's one of the most memorable moments from that entire series, too, is the uh, the Henrietta character. Uh, up until a few years ago, I actually oh, had no you. idea that that was actually you. Like, it, the prosthetics are so amazingly well done, and your acting is so well done that it, it takes you out of the moment. Like, you really believe, like, that's an old, decrepit woman. <laughs> oh, I thank you so much for that. Um, you know, I, 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 um, it was a good, you know, it was really one of the only acting school moments that had paid off for me. I, I, I learned, um, I'd taken these dance and movement classes in college, and uh, some of the things they teach you is the essential differences between how men and women walk. And so I practiced that so much, and it really came in handy making her be a woman, so that was a crazy thing. And that, and that really came in handy, and the rest of it really was the makeup, the incredible makeup effects by um, Mark Showstrom, who designed it, but it was applied um, by... Um, Greg Nicotero, Howard Bergman, and uh, Bob Kurtzman, who became K&B Special Effects uh, shortly thereafter, which is the, really one of the most prominent effects companies Hollywood's ever known. They've done everything. And um, so those guys, all good friends today. Now, um, you know, Greg Nicotero now uh, is uh, one of the EPs of Walking Dead, and um, of course, and uh, Bob Kurtzman, uh, great director, and um, all those guys, you know. They're just, uh, they're, they've all went on to do great things. And, and, um, but I do remember, I have a lot of fun memories of those days because it was just a tiny little town and we were all, you know, whatever, 22, and every night we'd, you know, get wasted. I mean, they'd get wasted. I basically just had some, some water and fell asleep at <laughs> 6 o'clock every night. But they would get wasted. It was fun, yeah. Yeah, your drug at that point was air. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I remember, too, uh, Bruce Campbell likes to recall this uh, story when, uh, the, those guys lived in a house at that time. They rented a house down there where we were shooting the movie, and they, they, they threw this huge party for the entire cast and crew. And uh, it was after work, so I had been in the Henrietta makeup all day, uh, and Bruce and I drove to the party, and it, just get, it was just getting started around 7.30, and I walked in, and Bruce tells me, and I don't even remember this, um, I crawled behind the couch and fell asleep. I didn't have anything to drink. I was just that tired. And I woke up around three o'clock in the morning, wondering if I was wasted, but I wasn't. And it was just—it was just a terrible thing. It was just an all the you know that was just there was no no rest for that for that show. But now things are much different now. I mean, you know, playing Chet is not half as hard, you know, um, as doing that. Plus, plus there's just uh, 
much more money than there was before. It's much more comfortable because of that. And um, it, but I'm still with Bruce, and now I'm with uh, and and with Lucy again. But of course, you know now Ray, Ray and Dana round out uh, round out the cast. So it's awesome. Yeah, and what a cast it is. We are like I said before, huge fans. And I don't know if you can actually uh, go into this because it might ruin any kind of season finale or whatnot. But do you have any plans of reprising your role as Chet on the third season, which was just announced of Ash vs. Evil Dead? Oh. My goodness, you know what? That would have to be a question for uh, the writers of that show and, and Rob Tappert. I couldn't tell you. Um, if you speak to Rob, uh, by all means, request it. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know if Chet, Chet may or may not come back. I don't know. Um, um, it just depends. But uh, it, it, it was great shooting it this year, and, it, and then even if he doesn't, um, it was tremendous being in uh, in this Evil Dead universe again. You know, it was it was mind blowing. You know, it really was. Absolutely. Um, I think at this point of the show, we're going to uh, transition. Uh, we're going to move into our ten questions that have never been asked of you before in an interview. I'm afraid. I'm a little I, boys. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm a little afraid. And, uh, that's okay. Uh, just take them as they come. Uh, yeah. You can obviously uh, extrapolate as much as you want on them, uh, or you could just kind of rattle them right off. Whatever you feel, feel free to be as tangential as you feel like too. Just start blasting into things here. Uh, Scott, I think you're going to take the odd number, and I'm going to take the evens. Right? That sounds perfect. Yeah. And our first one's a softball. We throw it to everyone just to kind of gauge the the playing field here. Uh, number one, who is your favorite Ghostbuster? Who's my favorite Ghostbuster? Um, and I believe you have eight is my to pick favorite, from now. Who is my favorite Ghostbuster? Okay, let me think about that. I, you know, I like. I, you know, I, I think Harold Ramis was my favorite Ghostbuster. Yeah, he's a I think, popular. I think, his, I think he was. I think he was Egon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's that correct. Yeah. Name. I think it's Egon. Absolutely. Um, I'm a Harold Ramis fan. Um, I like his dry delivery of everything. Um, <laughs> I mean, they all sort of delivered it sort of dry in those days, but I mean, um, I, he's my favorite. I just, he, you know, he, he's, uh, the, he's the biggest nerd of the bunch, and I, I just he's, thought it was... He's got I one of my... Uh, I love him. He's got one of my favorite lines in the, in the series, actually, which is when they, uh, I believe it's Ray, is like kind of appalled that he, he's like, you never had any toys when you were a kid? He's like, I had a slinky once, but I straightened it. And like, well, I that straightened was it. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just absolutely love that. <laughs> I straightened it. Yeah, I do too. I think that line's hilarious. So it's yeah, that's so the answer deadpan. to your question. I think, I, yeah, I, I love it's like that. A, it's like yep. a perfect And joke. he also has a great one in that, in Ghostbusters 2, where he says, um, after um, Rick Moranis gives a rambling and stupid opening statement about how they shouldn't be involved <laughs> and how angry he is that they gave him a blue slip and he doesn't understand what it is. <laughs> and he says, thank you. Uh, that was short but pointless. I think it was his line. <laughs> that was really very funny. Yeah, he's a he's a great writer, and and, and he's primarily a, a screenwriter who became a who became a director. And um, I, I was in one of his movies once called um, Stuart Saves His Family, and uh, I remember he was uh, a church, just like he is um, as that character. He was he was he passed away now, but he was uh, tremendous. All right. Um... We got number two here. What was your favorite Halloween costume as a kid? Oh, um, I I never wore Halloween costumes as a kid. That's the truth of the matter. What I used to do, though, is frighten children that came to my house. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, would, <laughs> yeah, I would frighten children that came to my house. I would uh, pretend to be a beaten cripple in the house. <laughs> um, I would 
have a friend of mine open the door, and um, they would yell, yell to me to come out, and I would come hobbling out uh, as though I, I had welts on my face and um, was already crippled anyway, and I would have a bowl, and they would pretend to, you know, beat me. Give the kids candy, Grandpa, <laughs> and then, you know, the, and the kids would be hor- horrified. <laughs> and that was, it was like my favorite thing. So, no, I never really, I wasn't really... To tell you the truth, actors, for the mo- the ones that I know, don't really love Halloween. It's not because uh, we don't like the idea of it, but we do it every day. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to so do Henrietta a, a, a again. So. Of, no, I don't want to do Henrietta again, but, you know, the, the, the day, you know, you, you're asked to, you know, Halloween comes around. I mean, it's like, say there's a holiday, and, and, and in this holiday you do a podcast. People are like, aren't you so excited for podcast day? You're like, I guess so. But I'm sort of doing it every day, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, actually. I'm all yeah. about the. I'm more yeah. all about the atmosphere and the fact that uh, the stuff that I love, uh, 24/7, 365, becomes a little less weird for the mainstream for a second, which is both annoying and uh, uplifting because I can just be my weird self without getting as many, uh, you know, uh, weird comments and stuff at parties when I just want to start dropping into horror movie conversation. So, right. All right, um, number three, uh, according to the website, famousbirthdays.com, you are the 27th most famous Ted in the world. Can you name two other Teds? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, go back. Did you say I'm the 27th most famous Ted in the world? According according to to famousbirthdays.com, which uh, we found out about because we randomly Googled this kind of stuff. Oh, we Googled the hell out of you. Yeah. That's weird, and that's so weird. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm flattered or disturbed by that comment. <laughs> now, uh, can you name two other Teds in any walk of life more famous than yourself from this list, without looking at it? Okay, so no, no, I'm not, I'm not looking. I can name it right off the bat. Well, I will say Theodore Roosevelt, number one. You know, that's. I, I suppose that's a t- you want you want just Ted, not not uh, not Theodore. Apparently, yeah, they're going Theodore, for but... just straight up. Yeah, Ted's. I think just straight up Ted's. And also, like some of the ones I I would have thought uh, historically would have been on here uh, were not. And again, this is just from famousbirthdays.com. So uh, <laughs> okay, so, so, so you might think guess, of like um, okay. Let me today, guess. Yeah. Hold on, I would guess more famous than me, uh, Ted Williams, the baseball player. Yep, that's yep. He on there. He's number He's two. Number two. Yep. Okay, so Ted Williams, that's one. And then um, let me see. Um, uh, well, presently, uh, I would say one of two, Ted Danson, the actor. Correct. There you He's go. Number eight. He's number eight. Number eight. And maybe right now, assuming this thing is current, I don't know if you're looking at, you know, the way, way back machine or whatever, but um, I wonder if uh, the the politician Ted Cruz. Yes, he is actually the first one ahead of Ted Williams. You actually got number one, two, and eight out of that. Uh, we also would have accepted uh, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, the wrestler. He's on there as well. Ted Kennedy. Uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. Ted Koppel. So there, there's quite a few in there. Um, and again, this is care yeah. of uh, famousbirthdays.com, a website we had no idea existed up until uh, just a minute ago. <laughs> so, so, so I, that I would... is the best. That's hilarious. That's a really good. This is a great podcast. I'm a huge fan of you guys. You guys are just hilarious. Well, thank, you, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, all right, we're going to move on to number four and ask you what is your favorite adult beverage? Favorite adult beverage? Well, it depends. It all depends. I mean, I would say um, on your average night, I would, you know, just not thinking, throwing something together, it's going to be an old fashioned. Oh, very good. good yeah. choice. And I make Classy it. Too. 
Yeah, I make an old-fashioned. That's probably my most common choice. I'll, I'll do that with a with uh, Maker's Mark and stuff, or I might use uh, this one I like from Detroit called uh, Woodward Limited. And then on other nights, you know, I'm, I'm a gin martini guy. Oh, very I like good, my yeah. gin martinis. I make those. Yep, I make those frequently. And there's another sort of take on, a, you know, I'd say a whiskey sour, which it's like an adult whiskey sour, um, and it's called a gold rush. And look it up if you mix out hmm. amateur mixologist like I am. If you want to make that, this one is, um, I think it's, a, if I'm not mistaken, it's about a oh a half to three quarters part ginger liqueur, and it's about one part. Uh, I like bourbon. I'm not really a big, uh, you know, whiskey fan myself. Irish whiskey fan, like American bourbon, and um, one part or one and a half parts um, uh, fresh squeezed lemon juice. You shake that sucker up, you pour it in a rocks glass, and it's crazy good. So all that, but now also that I've done uh, Chet on Ash vs Evil Dead, I would. Uh, you know, if someone offered me ketamine, I don't know if I'd say <laughs> no with them. That is uh, that is some crazy tranquilizer stuff, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm you know, it's watching you know all these actors do their their bits on it. I mean, I'm sure you now since this episode's aired, you know, you saw Dana DiLorenzo <laughs> take her ketamine trip, and um, I don't know. It looked like fun, so I think uh, <laughs> I, I think I might try that. I'm not saying I'm not saying I would. Kids, don't try it at home. But um, if you do, uh, I didn't tell you to do it. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Moving on to, what are we up to? Number five. Number five. Uh, we heard once that one of your favorite movies is The Breakfast Club. Uh, if you were to identify as one of the uh, characters within the movie The Breakfast Club, which one would you be? That's a good question. Um, I will say that um, everybody thinks they're the Judd Nelson character. Um, but the truth of the matter, which I think his name is John in the movie, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right, yeah. I think his name is John in the movie. So everyone, everyone I think, can relate to John's anger. And I can, too. Um, but the truth of the matter is, um, I really, I think, I think Ali Sheedy's character, for the most part. And not because she dressed like a goth and was attractive. I was just the opposite. I was a really awkward kid that got bullied all the time in high school, but I really felt like an incredible outsider. Um, it was an awful time for me, and I couldn't wait to leave. Um, so I would say her. And, and if I had to choose one of the characters that I really uh, felt that, that, that I was most like, I, I would say um, the principal. <laughs> because I thought... I ruled that high school, but I didn't know that I was the lowest one on the totem pole. Oh, wow. Like, I, th I thought I was, you know. I was, I was one of those kids in high school that, that um, didn't know how nerdy he was. You know, I, would, I walked like a duck, you know, and I thought I walked like a prince, but I didn't <laughs> understand why nobody thought I was graceful. And I was like that. Yeah, so, good question. <laughs> All right, well, if they Did were... I just totally over... Did I just... And incidentally, did I yeah. totally just overanalyze that? Oh, no, no, that's what we were looking for. No, no, I think uh, that's the actually best, okay. the best possible answer, and I feel like that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We kind of okay, like the fine, we kinda yeah. like the analytics behind We like your thought process that goes into it, actually, prefer versus a single okay, answer. Okay, okay, so, um, Now, if they were to make a movie of your life, uh, let's see, uh, who would play you, who would play Sam, and who would play Bruce? Good question. Um, movie of my um, who would play me? Um... Man, that's a fine question. Um, mm, 
Uh, let me think about that. Um, man, I can't. That's a tough one. I'm not sure I can answer that question. <laughs> yeah, that actually um, is kind of difficult. Because the, answer that, because the answer to that question may indicate what I feel I, I am most like and, and what I, you know, sort of, and I'm not sure I'm, I can answer that question. It's a delicate question to answer. It, it goes right back to the um, kind of principle thing you were just talking about where you might, you know, be like, oh, Ryan Gosling or something like that. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> then you ask somebody else and they're like, oh, Danny DeVito or something. Yeah, so. Uh, it, yeah, so I, I don't think him, I would, um, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. I would say, uh, you know, I mean, if I, if I could sh- Oh, man, I, if you're ever in doubt, just go Tom Hanks. <laughs> that's true. He he can play anybody. Yeah, Tom Hanks is pretty safe choice, but I don't I don't think that's right. Um, hang on, let me let, who let's 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 workshop this just for a quick second. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, I know, I know, I have a perfect, I have perfect. Okay, I've got it. Um, <laughs> what's his name? That actor who? Okay, I'm trying. He's a really great comedian. And I, I just, for some reason, I'm having brain lock. I can't think of his name. He uh, frequently works with Adam Sandler. Um, um, he um, is, uh, um, oh, God. David what, Spade? Did this, like, no, good, not David good, Spade. Good. Uh, <laughs> Rob Schneider? I yeah. will think of it. All right, we'll have to come back to that one. I'll okay. come back to that one. Continue. Okay. I'll, I'll come back to that yeah, one. That's fine. Uh, number seven. Uh, if you were to host your own TED Talk, being TED and all, uh, and had a half hour to instill any of your wisdom on any subject unto the world, what would it be about? I would call it this. Um, I'd call it survival in three parts. One, part one of my TED Talk would be don't quit. Number two, don't drink yourself to death. And part three, review parts one and two. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I would say. I mean, honestly, I mean, there's really, there's not much more to it than that. And, um, the, you know, the, I, I would say I have a good deal of expertise on, on those things. And, and also, I think um, I could probably give a pretty good TED Talk um, on, on keeping your, your personal things personal in a world that is full of, um, you know, I would say self-expression. So, in other words... Um, how do you live your life in a world with Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook while still having some degree of privacy? I think that's the, it's the greatest trick for any of us actors to pull off because those things are so important to, to, to do. For example, what I'm doing with you guys right now, even though I, you guys are awesome and amazing and I'm so grateful to be on your show, um, still, you know, if, if I told you everything that I really did, and all the things I was really, truly interested in, I think some people would not understand that, you know, so you have to keep some things private, you know. I'm a horror-loving guy. I love horror, you know, but some, some of my fans don't understand that. They don't understand that I do, in fact, this is true, I'm not trying to be a weirdo, but I do have a bone collection at my house. They're legal. Truly, they are. Um, I, like I, legal. Have, uh, I like that. They're they are. legal. No, you can actually buy them. They are legal. Um, I've looked, medical I've actually, companies will sell them to you. Yep, I've looked on eBay and I just checked have, around for that, and I saw I that have, they were legal. Um, yeah, no, I have. I have a um, a collection of. Um, I have a collection of thirty or forty porcelain dolls from different parts of the world, but nice. they're not the cute stuff that like old the, ladies the like to ones, collect. Right? Yeah. These are the weirdest, most disturbing porcelain dolls you've ever seen in your life. Um, and I grow, you know, I do have a small little, um, what I call wicked garden out in the back of my house where I do grow poisonous medicinal plants and medicinal plants. So, uh, I, I do stuff like that and, and it's weird, 
But certain things like that and many other things that I do, I would never, ever, you know, be able to fully explain to fans. And, and, but still, it's a part of you, you know, so you have to keep those things hidden. So I would say um, how to do that and um, still have your privacy would be, would be something I would uh, certainly, um, you know, advocate. Yeah, no, I that, think that's, that's, a, that's a pretty, pretty solid that. one. I, I kind of wish uh, that one was actually out there somewhere for a lot of people. I'm actually pretty maybe a little too good about not, uh, you know, airing anything on social media because I just kind of like stay away from it. But we're just, you know, it, it's hard enough for like normal people, that, or, that normal people, just uh, people who are not in the spotlight, I should say, let alone folks who people are trying to pry and grab their information. So, um, so uh, yeah, and uh, you know, it, it's 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 challenging. You know, it's challenging because you do have a private life and you want to keep it private and stuff. But at the same time, it's that you do have a demand um, um, because uh, it's, it's, it's your job and um, people do want to know things. You know, so it's yeah. it's challenging. All right, uh, we're going on uh, number eight. Uh, tell us every single thing about your private life ever. Uh, just kidding. Uh, number <laughs> <laughs> you liar, that's not a question. <laughs> uh, that's actually the problem with it. It's not a question. Uh, so I guess I'll have to uh, go on to a backup, which is, uh, and you actually just mentioned you love horror, so I'm curious, what is your favorite horror movie monster? Oh, my favorite horror movie, oh, monster. Oh, yeah, my, yeah. oh I would say horror movie monster is a toss-up. Okay, this is this is always. I mean, there's so many great ones to choose from, yeah, but absolutely, I'd say it's a toss up between two of them. The yeah, I mean, how you gonna pick that? Um, it's like when people say, "What's your favorite book?" It's like, well, depends what day it is. I can't right. answer that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but um, you know, but still, I'll, I'll, I'll to, to answer that question, not not to be glib at all. It's a toss up between two for two different reasons. One, um, for sheer freak out, spooky terror, you know basically you know just crap your pants horror i would say uh john carpenter's version of the thing that's, uh the that's 1983 great. movie it is so frightening because it has really just like um in the john campbell short story it's based on who goes there no real form you know it's it's just this shapeless thing that takes on um any biological form it finds it's so crazy and spooky it's one of my favorite um, movies and so disturbing mine too it's one of my all-time favorite horror movies and um it uh, it's just tremendous and and uh that that i would say probably that and then uh, i would say for um tragic monster horror you know in the vein of like um say hunchback of notre dame you know like a Lancini performance amazing sad, you know, the monster that could not love sort of thing. I would say that goes to, and scary too, um, 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 David Cronenberg's remake of The Fly that Jeff Goldblum oh, yeah. portrayed yep. back in the 80s again. And in that movie, you know, they, it, it, the monster's so awful and his transmogrification is um, so upsetting and his romance in that movie with Gina Davis is, is so severe that um, it's, it's a sad horror movie and there's so few of those i mean to be able to pull that off you know a romantic horror movie is in the truest sense of the word in, in that movie and so for that reason i think that one too so that's my toss-up perfect all right um let's move on to number nine um we've been around we've looked at youtube we've seen some interviews that you've conducted and some uh, other videos you've done and i gotta say uh we ran into team money uh, an alter ego of yours from a video from years ago. <laughs> now, yeah. based yeah. on that, I have to ask, do you have a favorite rapper? Um, I do have a favorite. I mean, I like a lot of them, you know. I, I do favorite rappers. I like, I mean, right now, I mean, I, I guess, you know, when he, um, I, I, like, I like Drake 
um, when he raps a little bit. I like. Um, um, I also like. Uh, like I look. You know, I when I grew up, it was like the start of. You know, rap was just getting really big as I was coming up. So I still refer back to those guys, even though they're old now. Like Snoop Dogg, I love him. Um, he's, you know, and his this style of rapping is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. Snoop kind of Snoop's like, uh, what is he? Oh, as I look up at the sky, my mind starts tripping. A tear drops my eye. Yeah, that I love Snoop. <laughs> yeah. And then I like, uh, and I love, uh, oh, you know, and still the inimitable um, Ice Cube. You know, he was awesome. I, I listen to him all. I, I still listen to those guys. Um, and a guy like Ice Cube too is just—he's just amazing because um, started in NWA. You know, quit that was a phenomenon. Quit that had his own—you know—his um, own solo career was a phenomenon. Did and now he's just doing these like family-friendly movies. You know, all these, all these. Right, it's just incredible. Like, how can you do that? How can a one person be able to do all that. So he's he's really uh, an inspiration. That guy. Well, you can like he, what he can legitimately, uh, convincingly go from NWA and be that much of a badass to playing in these like family friendly flicks nowadays. Is that kind of uh, you know maturity and evolution sets in, but still is taken seriously as that badass from NWA. It's it's I I, I agree. Yeah, with you. it's kind of a miracle. It's just you know the guy. I mean, talk about reinventing yourself. I mean that guy totally reinvented himself. I mean, you know, and, and Snoop Dogg did too, to, to a degree. All those guys did. Yeah, I actually I just suppose, watched but... the, uh, just watched the documentary on, uh, Snoop Dogg's, uh, well, it was called Reincarnation, so his reincarnation when he went to, uh, Jamaica. It was actually pretty interesting seeing him down there producing his new thing and trying to reinvent himself and talking about his, uh, maturity over the years and how he's not the Snoop Dogg of old. He's, you know, 45 or something like that now, so, um, quite interesting. Um, but still, but still smoking wicked oh. amounts of weed. Oh yeah, he was in Jamaica, especially too. So that was like, <laughs> that was a big part of the movie. I'd say a good, a good forty five minutes of oh, that yeah. was just smoking weed. But uh, and I'm pretty sure smoke weed every what, day all the time. And that's another thing too, other than just 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 bringing it back really quick to Ash in Evil Dead is that you know there's a lot of ganja smoking in Ash. I mean, uh, people spark up all the time in that show, and that's something that you you know would you do that two or three times. In an R-rated movie, man, that could easily become an X-rated movie, depending on who is sitting down at the MPAA screening that day. But because we're doing this for stars, stars is like, yeah, man, smoke more weed on that show. (laughs) (laughs) Take more drugs. Let's see it. Like, they're so enthusiastic, but I'm, I'm so grateful that this show found a home like that because... You know, if it had been a more conservative network, that we wouldn't have been able to do that. So I think, um, I mean, I got to hand it to Rob Tappert and Sam Raimi and uh, Bruce Campbell for finding a home like that. So, yes, thank you, stars. Thank you for letting us smoke weed, take Special <laughs> K, and blow zombies' brains out. It's awesome. Yeah, something you're not going to see on ABC uh, anytime soon. Um, uh, before we actually uh, get on to question number 10, uh, curious if you've made any uh, progress uh, while you've been answering these other questions, of course, on uh, who might play you, Sam, or, or Bruce and, uh, in, in a movie of your life. Uh, hang on. I'm, I'm, I'm still looking. I can't keep, uh, <laughs> keep going. I will okay. get there. I, will, I, will, I promise you I will figure it out. No problem. Uh, we'll, we'll hit number 10 here. Uh, let's see. We've got in five words or less. Describe this season of Evil Dead, Ash versus Evil Dead. Let me think. In five words or less, describe this season of Evil Dead. 
Um, first, uh, uh, maybe a couple. I don't know. Uh, will blow your fucking mind. Nice. Yep. There's five. <laughs> yep. Um, um, uh, don't be consumed by anuses. That, <laughs> that um, I feel like there's two ways to take that too. Like, don't let anuses consume your life, man. Or don't literally <laughs> be consumed by anuses. Like, yep. yeah, another part of your TED talk. Now, part four. Yeah. Yes. Um, Michigan does have zombies. Nice. Um, <laughs> also, uh, beware of Elk Grove, Michigan today. <laughs> okay. nice. There's a few right there. <laughs> Those all are great. All right. Um, I, um, I guess okay, yeah. So, we're left so with number now, six. yes, I found I found the person who should probably play me. Okay. Strangely enough, who's had a very similar career as I have. You're gonna laugh when I tell you this. Um, I think who should play me is Rob Schneider. Uh, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking uh, when you mentioned Adam Sandler. Actually, uh, uh, it, it popped into my head. Um, yeah, Rob Schneider. Yeah, he's just. About, he's just a couple. Have Rob Schneider. He's just a couple years older than me. He's, um, I think he's. I, I love watching him, and um, I think we're very similar kinds of actors. I suppose I could even play, play him if I had. Oh to, yeah, you, so. could, you could swap the roles. Um, yeah, perfect. All, all right, right perfect. perfect. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ted, for taking your time today to speak with us on the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a blast, and um, you guys are are just awesome podcasters. Thank you, guys. Man. I love all your shows. I'm a big fan. We really appreciate it. Thanks. All right, thanks again, Ted Ramey, for sitting down with us and uh, giving a nice little chat there. It was a quite enjoyable, very personable guy. Um, it was awesome to pick his brain about something Scott and I have been so into for so long, Evil Dead. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to round out some of the rest of the cast of that as well uh, sometime coming up in the near future. Um, but without further ado, in order to continue to bring you awesome interviews like Ted's and to keep the lights on at The Lost at Home, we do have one more uh, ad, and they've actually uh, – this sponsor – was with us now. This is the second week that Horror Decor has been a sponsor with us, so we're going to go ahead and listen to what they are all about. If you're looking to scale up some new items for your crypt that'll make all your friends say, who did you kill to get that? Then Horror Decor is the place to be. If you go to HorrorDecor.net, you'll just die at the selection of amazing items for sale, such as... Pillow shaped like an ancient VHS tape, the kind of kill I hear, as well as scented candles featuring Buffalo Bill's scent of skin lotion, and retro flags from Crystal Lake, the Overlook Hotel, and Springwood. If these items are tickling your bones, if you're bleeding in anticipation, go to horrordecor.net and make a purchase today. You won't be sad. <laughs> so yeah, go check out Horror Decor and uh, help keep the lights on and uh, keeping us with these awesome guests we've been getting. Uh, before we leave you today, uh, we do have a little bit of uh, what I would call an update on a previous show. A couple episodes ago, we did a show called Witch Camp, and we had a little piece in there that, uh, Scott, you actually came to the table with. Sort of an update of sorts, kind of a, a, a related story, I guess, to one of those. Yeah, this is uh, based on the story we did about the shocking uh, five internment camps in northern Ghana for what are considered witches within the community of Ghana. Um, these are considered human rights violations uh, by the UN, and people are slowly starting to work on closing them. 
Um, but this is just showing this story here that is is going to show you just how like systematic systemic systemic, systemic the, uh, yeah. the issue is um, about 500 youths mobilized themselves in northern Ghana and set ablaze four houses of suspected witches this past Friday morning um, on the on the good side of this no injuries or deaths were reported uh, what is assumed is that the people who were residing in these homes were out for the day or doing some form of you know any kind of like life thing outside yeah, of the yeah. home uh, which is very fortunate for them because had they not been they would have been burned alive um, this was done based on suspicion by the youth that these witches were involved in what are considered sudden deaths of some kids in the community. Um, we don't know what caused these deaths. We have no idea. Witches, clearly. But also, no, neither do witches. they, yeah, because they're blaming these four households of witchcraft. And, uh, yeah, they burn their homes down. And this is just another it, indication of what, like, what kind of weird, spiritual, superstitious kind of life that, like, the people of Ghana specifically, and also in different parts of Africa from old stories we've covered, like the yeah. uh, the goblin story we did about yeah. two years ago. Um, just how this form of superstition not only exists, but is believed in in such a way that it almost harkens back to our very own Salem witch trials. In yeah, the and, and, and then the, the trials before that, where the Salem witch trials actually came from, from the early colonies and then from England even before then, where, granted, not very many people were burned, but there were plenty of witches that were put to death and things like that. Um, and it, it just it points out, like, there's this... Uh, kind of misunderstanding or, or I guess the lack of understanding and knowledge about Africa as a whole as a continent based on outside of the very clear ones like uh, you know we were talking earlier about how we'll get a lot of news out of like South Africa or Egypt or some of these uh, you know northern Africa because of terrorist involvement um, and but the rest of it is sort of you know to, to harken back to some old terminology uh, the dark continent where there's really a lot of unknown and we found this, uh, this when we were actually digging into stories from way back in the goblin days down to this witch camp story that it's actually tough to find information out there on this kind of thing and we're thinking uh, one of these days whether it's a whole show or just uh, spattered in web droppings we would like to do a little bit more digging on some uh, Africa related stories in general and do it takes a little bit of extra digging but we also find that based on our niche if you will we're trying to find stories that other people aren't bringing to you and the way to do that is if it takes us a lot of time to actually find them and dig it up there's a good chance other people would never find it. So. Yeah, our show's uh, credo may be a little vague on surface. It makes you smarter. But what we try to do each week is find you the weird and strange and the things you wouldn't normally find on any other site or any other podcast. Yeah. So we hope to aim to please. And in the future, look for more stories, uh, trying to flesh out a little bit more of the dark continent. Yeah. Um, but with that, I believe we're going to go out this week. And uh, we'll be back again. So take yeah. care. Enjoy. Yo, yo. I had to hire three accountants cause my money's big as mountains. T-Money bust yo ass. T-Money bust yo ass. Oh yo, 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 yo. T-Money bust yo ass. Oh yo, 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 yo. My money's getting bigger. <gasps> Don't like to be mean or crass, but I put my pedal on your ass. I'm T-Money. My money's getting bigger. Oh yo, 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 yo. My money's getting bigger. Oh yo, 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 To yo. me you nothing but a gnat. I bust your ass with my Gat. Oh, yo, 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 y